get my COVID to fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, <laughs> People were like, this is a career end of you, Dave. You shouldn't do it. I was like, nah, I'll be fine. So, I'm going to do it. It was a year ago today, I actually broke my back. My parachute didn't open, skydiving. Whoa! Uh, so just hang on! So, <laughs> it was a bit of a nightmare because I got pictured uh, by Fox News. And basically everyone thought I was a Trump supporter. Oh, look out there. A marmot. And there, a mountain squirrel burying his nuts deep into his crusty log hole. While nature does nature, we nurture our love for this here mountains. As the flames lick their way up the chimney, gently warming our souls, our souls and our souls from within our Log Cabin podcast studio. It is time to dive into all things winter with me, Timmy and Jenny. All right, guys, how you doing? Uh, are you laughing? I Talk would say nature. that's I'd say that's one of your best ones. That's a good <laughs> intro, that one. I wasn't sure what to think. I was like, oh, no. Oh. Well, I'm just, keep, I'm just keeping up the, uh, just keeping up the trend of the fact that, like, in almost every episode, if not every episode <laughs> we've done so far, we have mentioned an arsehole or something to do with poo and bums and, and butt nuts. We're so not going to. We're not going to. It's a New Year's resolution for 2023. So, okay, so when we skip over to January, no more chat of poo. Or oh, so bums. we've got to get okay. all our bum poo stories out before then. <laughs> get them out now. Get them out now. Uh, what okay. have you guys been up to since we last spoke? Eh, what have you been doing? <sighs> so I was wow. finishing my you... workshops, I was, but what about you, Tim? You were in um, Teen, I was in St. Anton. Yeah. Do you want to know what happened to me? Listen to what happened to Go me. On. Go so on. I got back, from, got back from St. Anton on Monday. It was cold, wasn't it? it been, we, we arrived to snow in the UK, it snowed. And This is the long there. version of the Craig David song. <laughs> We've got it on the snow one Monday. They were gritting the roads because it was dangerous for OAPs on the sidewalks. <laughs> so, hey, have I told you the story when I met Craig David? I met Craig David once. I was hosting a thing called Free Radio Hits Live in Birmingham, which is a, a big kind of get together where they get all the pop acts for the for the that time, and they 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 all go on stage and perform their best three songs to twenty thousand brummy. This is he's yeah, just, 20, he's 000, got, he is gone. He is twenty thousand like, brummy so revelers, <laughs> twenty thousand brummy revelers going mental. So Craig David comes on and he's the penultimate act. And honestly, I didn't think the crowd would be too into Craig David being a bit older and whatnot. But he went on, mate. The place erupted. Craig David did the best set I have ever seen. The place was absolutely pumping. Moms and dads and kids going wild. It was nuts. And as he ran off stage, Craig David, thank you, good night. And as he ran off stage, backstage towards me, his eyes like locked with mine and he ran off and I looked into his eyes. He looked like he'd done 1,600 ecstasy tablets. His (laughs) eyes were as wide as dog bowls. And he was like firing on adrenaline. He couldn't believe what he'd just done. And he was like, (gasps) and he was like panicking. He looked at me, he's like, hey man, how are you? I've never met him. Hey man, how are you? I'm good. That was amazing. Thanks so much. That was so insane out there. I was like, yeah, you crushed it. Thanks, man. Hey, dude, have a great Christmas. I will. Cheers, Craig. Bye. And he walked off. He wished me happy Christmas. It was September. (laughs) (laughs) He knew he was never going to see you again. That was Craig David. But no. um, So landing home on Monday, 
from St. Anton, snow all around, <laughs> gingerly took my way up the motorway. No, you've got to listen. You asked me what I've been up to. I know I am listening, but you went, you went off on a tangent about Craig David, and then you're just like, oh, yeah. You so can anyway, edit this. I was back. No, it's fine. You just edit only... it out. Just edit Craig David out. I like it. Keep it in. All right. I like it too, Jenny. I'll keep it So I'm going back up the motorway. I get home. Tuesday morning, I wake up, and I look up Instagram. And I see a post from Leslie McKenna, who is the queen of the Highlands in Scotland. And Mm. it's firing. I mean, there is snow because the snow that we've had, obviously, down south, up north in the mountains is primo, is real good. And I've been tasked by Ski Sunday um, to film a little Scotland feature this year. And you've basically got between now and the end the end of January, to film a bit in Scotland. So if the weather's good, you've kind of just got to go because you never know when it's going to be good. So I didn't unpack my bag. I phoned up the exec producer and I was like, mm, have you seen Scotland? And he had a look and he's like, yeah, you should go to Scotland. So <laughs> oh, literally no. six hours later, I'm loading my car and I get in my car with John O'Verity and Ben Benson and we've driven up here to Scotland. I'm in Scotland. I mean, that'd be more. <laughs> oh my amazing. gosh. Yeah, yeah. and it's so amazing. Good. It's like I've gone from St. Anton, which was okay, and now I'm in Scotland, and it's amazing. Oh. I've, ne- I've never... Have you, have you uh, ridden in Scotland, Jenny? Yeah, I have ridden in Scotland. A few, I've actually ridden What's there like... What's it like? I've never... Three, two never or three done. times now. I've had a different experience every time. The first time well, we went up the there, we were there filming for um, Chunking It Productions, which is a, a drop-stitch movie which Leslie McKenna was uh, one of the producers of as well as Josie Clyde, and they built us a jump, a legit big jump that we could hit up in Scotland. So it was really cool. And then the other experience, there's one or two other ones which were kind of mellow, and then the most recent was last year when I also went up for Ski Sunday, and I went, we went up there to film like Avalanche Safety. We were up, and the weather started coming in, and we were like, oh... Not sure whether we should carry on or not. Um, And it was so icy on this ridgeline that we were going up. The wind got so strong, we started losing our footing because it was so icy that we ended up having to be roped together to the guide, me and Leslie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because we started getting blown off the mountain. The whole mountain was closed at this point. And we were like, right, so we've kind of got to get off the mountain now. And it was just, we didn't... Yeah, it was wild. So I've had a, a whole mixture, but I've never had full-blown powder like you're probably about to tell us about, aren't you, Tim? You're going to have to watch Ski Sunday when it comes out in January to see how we got on, but we've had an epic couple of days, and actually um, the conditions have been really good, and, and I, can't, I, I cannot implore the listener enough to book themselves a little train and, and come up to the Highlands and experience it. And yourself, Ollie, because it really is an amazing experience because there's good mountains up here. And when you get the weather good and when the snow's good and it fills in, it's some really good skiing and I, I would love, I would love, to, I'd love to go up. Just the idea of it being in the UK. Like, I love yeah. that idea of, like, you know, riding here. But it is the consistency, isn't it? You just don't know what you're going to get, which I guess is what plays against them the whole time is if you're, like, if you're in a market to book a ski holiday... You're unlikely to go for Scotland because you can't guarantee that the snow's going to be good enough. I mean, how long does their season go on for? Is it is it 
Will it be going oh, on mate, until they, like they March have, or how long yeah, is it No, I mean, they can, sometimes they're skiing on summer solstice. They, you know, the gullies fill in and there'll be snow in June still, albeit small patches of it. But it, they can get really good seasons. So last season was their worst season, almost on history, like terrible, terrible snow. The season before, COVID season, was the best snow they've had in 20 years. So oh it's variable for sure. And yes, you're right. If, you want it, if you've got your one-week holiday a year where you're looking and you're going, oh, I've got to, I want to guarantee a certain amount of runs, then perhaps you can't do that. But you know what? If you're flexible and if, like me, you want to take a look at Instagram or the, or the, the weather forecast and you can go, do you know what? We can go tomorrow. You should totally do it. What's that pub? The not the moot. Oh, what was it called? What's the one? I've just been in the winking owl for a quick half. Oh <laughs> yes. Then you end up going to the vault, the nightclub. But that's later yes. on with oh, the ski boots on. Yeah. But there's a, no, there's a place before that, before the is winking it owl. Chevy's. Chevy. I, I, I'm a real oh, amateur. God. Chevy's is the old place, isn't it? Yeah. Is it the moot smash it back or something? Something. Mo- I can't remember. I'll find out. No. Did you Did you talk about what you've been up to, Jenny? I don't know. Did you? No, what? she didn't. Yeah. Well, did and I just come back from from the workshops actually and um we'd had a brilliant time everyone had you know i think I'd, i sort of was a, was nearing the end of that week anyway but we got a really good last powder day so that was really fun um then i came home and i didn't go to scotland instead i got covid oh, <laughs> oh. someone's gonna have it this week yeah so i'm I'm getting there, but that's why I sound like this, and uh, it's just rubbish oh, and boring. But anyway, getting that done, so I've got no other um, news about that. But I have got, hey, I did see, um, did you see Charlotte Banks? Oh, go on. Yeah, Charlotte Banks just got bronze in a World Cup race, border cross race. Yay! That'll be good. I'm not Thank sure if that's the very first. Banks. For the, for the season, I'm not sure. I'm First for the out. season. Um, I'm not sure. Well, it's quite early, isn't it? Yeah. That's in Chivinia in Italy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she'd... Yes. Yeah, so she'll be stoked. That's a good good one to have in the bag before Christmas, isn't it? That's awesome, isn't it? And the thing is, where can you watch it? Because whenever it's on at the Winter, Winter Olympics, it's like Border Cross like, really captures people's imagination. Like they, People love... I love watching Border Cross. But then you don't... Like, you only get it once every four years, and that's kind of it. So, like, I feel like lots of people will probably miss this and, that, you, you know, the news sort of filters through and trickles through, like, that, you know, Charlotte Banks has, what, uh, has got a bronze or whatever, but hardly anyone would have seen it. Like, where can we watch it? Can we watch it anywhere? I wish, wish I could give you, you an answer right like that, but I, you can sort of you, no, see you really replays, can't. but without, um, without commentary, can't you? It's really... Yes, that's yeah. what I was going to say. So FIS do, um, their website is chock full yeah. of info. So if you like your stats, you can head to fis-ski.com and on there you will find all of the FIS events. And like Jenny says, you will find the result videos also, can we go into my official apology at this point? Because I did incorrectly tell everybody last week that they can watch all of the Eurosport coverage on the Eurosport player. That's wrong. You can't watch it on there. Um, so don't, don't try and find it on that. So Shemi Alcott was listening. And she's like, you can't find it on there. And I went, what? She went, you can't find it on that player. So Discovery bought all the rights. So you have to get the Discovery. Uh... Discovery Plus. And if you get Discovery Plus and um, sign up to that, then you can watch all the skiing coverage. Not Eurosport. Doesn't even, doesn't even exist anymore. Forget it. Forget that. <laughs> but it is the Eurosport coverage. 
Okay. I love that you gave that advice last week. There have been people desperately hunting for it. Like, going, Downloading it? the Eurosport player. <laughs> he said I can watch it on this. Oh, this well, thanks for the apology, Tim. That's my news. Uh, what about what your else? news, Ollie? Got any news? What have I got? No, I, you know, I just love hearing the news through you two. Uh, the only news I've really got this week from my board, boring life right now is that um, I found a really nice new lozenge for my throat, which is really lovely. Oh, I could uh, be interested in that. Yeah, oh, mate, it's a good lozenge. Vocal zone. Okay. You heard of that? Vocal zone? That it's is like, vocal is it zone. for singers and things. Vocal it, zone you know what is it says? singers. It, says, it is, it says on the back. It says on the back of the packet. I saw it in my pharmacy. It said on the back of the packet, from straining your voice through talking too much. It actually says talking too much or singing too much or smoking. And I don't smoke. So I've either been singing or talking too much. Um, so I got I got um, these lozenges. That um, is the most exciting thing that's happened in my life. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Tim knows about that one. Do you have to use those for famous first words? I've used Vocal Zone. I had shares in that company at one point. <laughs> I was buying so many of the things when I used to do a lot of MCing. Vocal Zone, this is brilliant and it's a fantastic segue. Play a klaxon noise, whatever you want, because Ollie. Vocal mm. Zone to Vocal Skis because they've released oh. a nice little ski move. Yes, yes, here all week. Do try the Super. chicken. Vol- oh, thank you. God. Vocal Skis, they, uh, in collaboration with Legs of Steel, have released the best ski film of the year, bar none. It's free to watch on YouTube. Get straight into the show notes now. Click the YouTube link and have a watch. It's short, it's sweet, it's seven minutes of pure ski brilliance, um, and it is just ski carving on the pistes. From dusk until dawn, it is epic, it's fast, it's furious. And if you watch this video and it makes you not want to go skiing, well then I'll give you your money back. Go and have a watch. Madison Rose, Jim Ryan, Tim Fritz and Anna Kissling absolutely destroying Davos, Switzerland. Go give that movie a watch, it is incredible. It's called A Beautiful Send. Look at that. These logs, where did you buy them from? The pound shop. The fire's dying already. I'm going to go and get some more logs. I'm going out. He, he literally never gets wood, ever. <laughs> wood. What's funny about that? Well, you know, you said he, he never gets wood. Like, you know, wood. What? Like, an, you know, when you get like an erect... Who is it? It's Dave. Dave who? Jeff Dave. Dangerous Dave. Hooray! Hey! <laughs> it's like dangerous Dave White. Come in. Pop, your, pop yourself down here, grab a drink. What's your drink of choice, Dave? What are you having? I've actually got an iced coffee right now, but normally oh. it'd be a Yorkshire tea. Ooh, ooh. But it's, uh, Yorkshire tea. Yeah, oh. coffee, coffee these days. He's looking for a sponsorship Absolute deal. Well, oh, while, you, while you swig that down, while you swig that down, I'll just fill you in who Dave is. He's, he's a knife-wielding hacker of meat. Not a murderer, no. Something far more dark and sinister. A chef. To millions, if not trillions of beings around the world, Dave is best known for boating around below decks, plying his craft on a craft while getting up to all kinds of mischievous fun in the hit reality TV show Below Deck. But what those avid fans might not know is that Dave is a bona fide adventurer with skiing carved into his bone marrow. Literally, he's had some terrible, terrible injuries in his time. He's a winner of comps, he's a climber of mountains and a jumper of base. And it is a delight to welcome him into the Apre Log Cabin. Dave White! Woo! Hey, guys. I, I want to start. I'm going to start. I just First question for you, Dave, is uh, what is the best way to poach an egg? 
The best, well, for me personally, I like to, uh, to sous vide it. So, hour and a half, 62 degrees in a water bath. You, and that gives you I, the best possible hang on. texture. Hang on, though. I'm in my pants in my kitchen. <laughs> it's uh, 7.30 in the morning. My daughter's crying. I want a poached egg. I, I, I'm not going to be doing that. Because every time I try and poach an egg, I crack it in that water. I get all that like white, weird, foamy crap everywhere. Mm. It starts splitting all over the place. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing? So you wanna, the, the key is to use a cold egg. And then uh, basically the white will be much firmer. It's easier to work with. Make sure the water is right. not boiling, but simmering as well because the water the, when the water's boiling it will destroy the white and it'll separate the yolk have a little bit of salt in your water a little bit of vinegar so the acid really helps keep the shape of the egg and then you can spin the water if you like it's a bit of a myth really at the end of the day the fact behind poaching an egg is you put the egg in the water and then the bubbles will lift the white around the yolk that's the science behind it that's it Ollie, I don't know. I'm just jumping in here because it's so weird to see Dave after like seeing the roller coaster journey you've been on since I last saw you, kind of thing, which is probably like skiing in teen. And you're now this really well known chef on Below Deck Mediterranean. And like, obviously, we've known you've been a great chef this whole time, but it's like literally this whole other world, isn't it? To the world that we all know you from. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been a few years since I've seen you, Jenny, actually. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I miss those days so much. But yes, uh, literally over the last year, my life has changed and it's, it's been really difficult to adapt to it, actually. Having a breakdown on live TV, is, uh, it's never oh. going to be an, an easy journey. Um, but... But the way, the way it all turned out was great. And um, thankfully, I didn't mess up any of my cooking. And uh, I've kind of been classed as the goat of below deck. Because so. it could have gone either way. It could have, <laughs> been, goat, it could have yes. been really bad. <laughs> it was a really, really great experience as well. And, um, and it made me stronger as well coming out the other end. It's been a tough year. It has been really tough. Um, but um, coming out of, at, the, at the end of it, it's been, it's been good. Okay, Ollie, we should explain. Ollie, you explain. Yeah, I'm going to explain because I am actually a Blow Deck fan, right? I'm a massive fan of Blow Deck. Uh, so let's just get this out of the way because be, there will be people listening being like, what the hell are they talking about? Blow Deck basically is a reality TV show which follows the stories that unfold on a super yacht between the crew because often it's a high-pressure environment. They work loads and loads of hours and some of the guests they get are incredibly demanding. So it's like it, it's the perfect recipe for reality TV. And Dave's episode or Dave's series, I should say, the one that you were in, you were sort of embroiled, if you like, in a, I don't know if I'd call it a love triangle, but there was certainly something going on and there was a relationship breakdown and it, and it looked... More of an octagon. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and it was... The thing about it that, like, from watching it, is it, I, I, I felt for you so much, I felt like I was just watching somebody's, uh, you know, emotions just pouring out on the, on the screen, and this, like, there was, there was nowhere for you to hide, really. It was like, this, this is, this is what's happened to me, and, and I, I just thought, oh, oh my god, and it, and it all kind of, well, it just went, went out in, in the world, the online world for Below Deck fans, and that must have just been a... 50 million, 50 million viewers or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And, and so, so like, wow. so let's so let's just get that out of the way. That, that like that experience. You said it changed your life, but but in in what way? Like the last year, like how's it kind of been, and how have you dealt with it? They take about a, a year to release the show, so 
I was kind of on standby, waiting to see what how they would um, portray me, basically, on live TV. So I never really knew how it was going to come across. But they actually just showed it exactly how it happened, thankfully. I always told the truth, and I couldn't hold back, and, uh, and obviously that wasn't good for Natasha. Luckily for me, a lot of the fans, about 99% of the fans, kind of, they really... They, kind of felt for me and a lot of people have been in a similar situation um but then the one percent hated me they called me like a psycho you stalker you <laughs> all this stuff oh getting this so much abuse in social media and because i wanted to try and connect with the fans i tried to, i like looked at every message i wanted to reply to people obviously i didn't do no. the bad ones i just sent a smiley face emoji because i really wanted to get involved and <laughs> it's uh so it's for me, because I can't keep my mouth shut, um, it was a real big learning curve for me. And uh, when I went to BravoCon, um, that was the first time where I realized I had such a big fan base. Um, people were screaming my name and like grabbing my arm, and I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. Oh my this God. Is, it was so weird. It is, it was it wild, is but so everyone weird. Was so, everyone was so lovely. Jenny, you, you you must have had a little bit of that as well, didn't you? Because, I mean, you were... You know, you were thrown in, into the limelight all of a sudden with your Olympic success. It was like, oh, Jenny Jones, household name. Like, you, you, did you get any of that kind of stuff? I know it was different because reality TV is kind of, can be quite vicious, but... This is totally different because no one saw the behind the scenes on the lead up to the Olympics, but everyone sees everything that happens to Dave. And that is so exposing. I think to myself, wait, Dave, who I know... Started off, I'm pretty sure, with the winters as a seasonette. Worked as a chef and things. and But he, you know, Dave's turned in, into an exceptional chef off the back of that. But he was skiing, just, you know, loving the shred, skiing every day and then doing this. And then obviously going away in the summers to work on the yachts. And then at what point did somebody come up to you and go... Hey, do you want to be like on this TV show? You mu- did you have any concept of how, what was going to happen at that point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was when obviously I had the restaurants in France and then in uh, in Hossegor, and then um, ah, COVID hit, yeah. and we were in debt. And I was like, right, what can I do to get an injection of cash like really fast? And that's when I kind of reached out to the casting, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And people were like, this is a career end of a few days. You shouldn't do it. I was like, nah, I'll be fine. So I'm going to do it. All I knew <laughs> is that regardless of what happened, I had to do good food. So that's why I just refused to sleep. And I was just making fresh sourdoughs and just making everything I could possibly do. But then obviously I brought on the Natasha drama with me, which made my life uh, a living hell. You know me very well, Jenny. I always like to make my life, my life really difficult. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Do you think that's why people were saying to you initially as well, don't do it as a career ender because they know that you're really honest and they know that you can be, you know, fiery and you just put it out on the line on how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. If I had gone on there um, 10 years ago, I definitely wouldn't have survived one episode because I was so emotional, uh, emotionally kind of distraught, I guess the right word is. At the time, with Natasha, I was drinking too much as well. So it was, it was just a, I was a ticking time bomb, to be honest. Wow. Um, but that's why I did, I stopped. On the third crew night out, I just started drinking beer and I stopped drinking hard liquor. Um, I love that. I love so that. That helped. 
dangerous by name, dangerous by nature. It's like, yeah, no, I need to control my drinking. I'm just going to drink beer. <laughs> That's all it is. Like, for me, for me, beer is like beer and maybe a bit of wine. That's kind of it. It's like, yeah, I'll just stop on the hard liquor. I'll just go for beer. But you, you hinted before that then, because I, I, I know, I'm completely frank, I know nothing about your time before Blow Deck. So, the, so you had some restaurants before that then. Was that So you were successful would you say like what 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 state were you at before you kind of before covid hit i guess i mean they were good we were super busy the the problem was i wanted to do really good food but we had to realize the area we were in so my cost was too high and we'd never had a business before so we didn't know what we were doing it was just really really difficult it was a great experience look it was a great experience uh and i learned a lot i basically learned that i didn't want to have a restaurant in france that's kind of what i learned Who's there? It's me, it's Tim. Tim who? It's it's your co-host, let me in, it's freezing. Hooray! <laughs> oh, 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 take a seat, Tim, take a seat. Grab a drink, I'm... put your feet up. It's it's only <laughs> Tim Warwood. I haven't written anything, Tim, so you're just going to have to enter. Where Watch the hell this. have you been? Now listen to this, the sound of jealousy right here. Oh, the sound of a cold oh. beer opening. Let oh. me start with an apology. Dave, uh-huh. I am so sorry. I am so, so sorry. I got waylaid <laughs> up in the Scottish Highlands up here. And I've been trying my best to get to you. Unfortunately, I was um, splitboarding for the first time. So, as you can imagine, <laughs> not very good. I pulled both groin muscles. <laughs> there was a and... lot of snow as well. <laughs> yeah, loads of snow. And my bum feels like I've done 7,000 air squats. <laughs> <laughs> I won't fill you in with everything we've been speaking about, Tim, but you just stumbled in at the point where Dave was telling us that he just cooked for Donald Trump. You really cooked for Donald Trump? I cooked for, uh, I cooked at, like, for the VIPs at his announcement of his, um, when he was re-running for presidency. What was that like? like how did you even get that, that role, that gig? It was for a friend that I met, um, got me the gig, and basically, honestly, um, it, was an, it was awesome. It was a bit of a nightmare. Because I got pictured uh, by Fox News, and basically everyone thought I was a Trump supporter. <laughs> Bravo TV, obviously, I don't think they don't really like Trump. I'm not going to go into it too much. But anyway, so I was getting abuse on Twitter saying uh, I'm a Trump supporter, and people were like, "Is this Dave or is this a doppelganger?" Um, and I was wearing a blue suit after after doing some food, and um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about British politics either. But anyway, I was getting abused, and people were taking shots and putting them on Twitter, and Andy Cohen was giving me grief, saying, what are you doing there? So I might have ruined my Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Uh, oh, but, just to, but just to be clear, just to be clear, you're not a Trump supporter, right? You're like, you're like, that's not your, that's not your way. You just want to cook his food. I'm not Trump, I, I'm British. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to earn a living. Mate, well, I'm, yeah. I don't even know our own politics. Well, mate, I'm telling you right now, coming out very clearly uh, as not being a Trump supporter has ruined it. You're not cooking for him again because he is an avid listener to the podcast. So, Donald, <laughs> um, just... honestly, it was, it was actually it was an amazing experience. I actually met some really incredible people, and um, just to be surrounded by um, the security and the police and. It was just wild. The whole—I was so surreal. I couldn't stop laughing the whole time. And obviously, I was the highlight of the show. And it turns out, I've got a lot of a uh, lot of fans um, in that uh, part of the world. Has he paid his bill yet? He's paid his bill. <laughs> He's paid. Oh, he has paid. Okay, oh, oh, right. just check it. Just check it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, let's get. Let's... He didn't even eat. He didn't even eat the food. He didn't yeah. eat because he's eating burgers in <laughs> he his office out the back. That's why. <laughs> 
fat idiot. <laughs> it's because Dave slipped something in there, didn't he? He knew. Slipped something in his food. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if Donald oh, Trump... I don't know how goodness. long ago this was, but... But if Donald Trump dies in the next few weeks, then I think maybe you might be accountable for that, Dave. We'll just keep a lookout. Oh, let's get on to the skiing because I like I I want to hear more about this. And, and, and Jenny, you you knew Dave right at that time, so I well, kind of want to hear your two's like it's, it, experience of it all. Yes, yeah, so I knew Dave from Team, but not actually not back when it was your really dangerous dangerous Dave years. I don't think I you were already sort of kind of pulling back a little bit then but i i remember always being like oh there Dave. Dave. yeah but you weren't you were still weren't you were like dave's off doing this cool water today <laughs> dave's, dave's off hiking this thing today and you're like oh my god what is he doing and um i but i don't know about the first the first start of your seasons like what they were like you should tell us i don't know i left the uk when i was 18 and i never skied before um and then i just got straight into it and i loved it I did my first black run in like three days of skiing and um, I just absolutely loved it. I just found this new love. And the, the, the amazing thing for me about it was all the like-minded people that I met. I can met some really incredible people. It actually helped change me as a person. So skiing really took over my life, you know. I did 12 back-to-back seasons then. Um, and then um, I turned out I was pretty good at freestyle. Um, so I entered the British Championships in teen and, and I won it. I was, I was actually kind of lucky because Julian Ball got injured. He definitely would have beat me. Um, I didn't, I, he was another level, but um, I didn't injure him either. It wasn't part of the plan. Didn't give him the old um, Tanya Hardings but, to the uh, knee. No. Yeah, so that... Or was she the one that got... Which was she, <laughs> exactly. Who's the one? One of them got whacked. The, I'm talking about the ice skaters, Ollie. Tanya Harding and, and the other one. But uh, yes, go on, sorry. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, mean, that was, I mean, that was probably one of the greatest days of my life, actually. It was uh, really, really incredible. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I never thought I could achieve something like that in, uh, uh, in skiing. It was, it was, honestly, it was, am- it was nice. amazing. And like I said, all the people I had met around the mountains is, is also was life-changing for me. So it was super overwhelming. Amazing. It's so um, funny to hear you say that about being like-minded, about about having like-minded people and, and skiing, because we, it's the one thing we've all been through in seasons. And What was that like, going out for your first season and all of a sudden you just you become thick as thieves really quickly, don't you, with these people? Absolutely. It was scary, though. Um, I mean, look, uh, when I did my first season, I was so scared. I was so out of my comfort zone of my small town in Burgess Hill, you know, going out and getting drunk at the weekend and causing trouble. I just loved it. The first month was really, really tough. I tried to go home a few times. I, did, I was like, oh, it's overwhelming. I can't do it. But then I like as if we just meet these amazing people that you're surrounded by and uh, who are super supportive. And I never had people around me like that before. Obviously, I had a, an amazing family. But I mean, like friends like I met in, in the mountains. I'd never had people like that. So. And was it your friends that were pushing you to like try tricks and do things? Or was that just something that was in you, do you think? I think we're all we're all always pushing each other, but you know there was the uh, the ski hosts that were so bitter. They were like, "Oh, you're a terrible skier," because I was a terrible skier. Uh, I had no technical side to me whatsoever. I just wanted to go straight as fast as I possibly could. <laughs> they just got so annoyed. They're so bitter, I was, and I was. It was just so funny. So we always used to have these races, and I, obviously I would I wouldn't lose. I would not let myself lose. I would just sit back on my skis and go like 80 miles an hour down a motor field and just refuse to lose. And I, I just, I guess it was just uh, 
infused in me to it was just, it's just my character I guess. had you already discovered your talent in as being a chef then or was that coming coming about because you were cooking as in a chalet and things at the time i started cooking really young um i was terrible at school and uh, i used to wa- wash pots in a restaurant in a local restaurant uh, and they offered me an apprenticeship at, when i was 15 years of age okay so that's where i all started then i worked in claridge's and the ritz in london and then once i'd done that that's when i moved abroad and got the job in started working for mark warner just to just to have a change of lifestyle yeah the best, yeah the best thing i'd ever the best move yeah, i'd ever done yeah how did you then get to the stage of um, your first attempt at wanting to climb Everest? Just like, because that's like... <laughs> so random. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was so random when like, you announced that. <laughs> it, was so, it was so random. Um, it was so random. So basically, uh, when I won the Brits, I actually snapped my ACL uh, in the warm-ups. Um, so I did my final run with duct tape wrapped around my leg. Duct tape. So I had a new <laughs> um, Unbelievable. I just duct tape my leg. Oh, oh just put some duct. Just put some duct tape on it, mate. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I went down the hill two days later, had, and I snapped my ACL and crushed my meniscus, and I overflipped a double backflip and cleared the landing, and that's how I did oh it. Oh my goodness. Um, so I recovered from. I recovered from that, and then uh, then I was like, right, I need to take a little bit of a break. Because of that, I actually that's how I got onto yachts, and that's how I ended up going onto Everest. And then I tried to get on the Free Ride World Tour, and then I snapped my other ACL. Oh. I undercooked a, a 30 metre cliff, actually. I hit it with the tip of my ski. The one on Lavashay Wall, that that big one on Lavashay Wall, the the huge long one, which no one jumps off. I don't know why. I did oh it. my goodness! Um, and because I damaged my knees and I snapped my ankle, I then was getting lots of issues with my back. So I had this uh, decompression surgery on my spine, and they put a spring in my in my spine, and it lifted my my spine to release the discs. Basically, I just had sciat- really bad sciatica, and it was it was super hard. I couldn't even sit down. It was it was. I went on for two years, and everyone was like, "Just have to do physiotherapy." And I, was, I tried it, but because it was stopping me from doing the stuff, I just went abruptly into it. I was like, no, give me this really dangerous surgery. I paid 10 grand and I, I got this surgery done. 12 months later, I decided to go and climb Everest. I just wanted to do something ridiculous and just, um, and just give back to the mountain and inspire people because I knew that my kind of skiing was over. So that's what I did. I attempted to climb Everest. But 7,500 metres, that little spring tried to leave my back. <gasps> oh, um, my God. And uh, it, it created this cyst. And I, I, hadn't, I hadn't had a shower for six weeks. Um, in one week's time, we were going to push the summit. And the smell was disgusting. It was this really awful smell. I smelled bad anyway without this infection on my back. <sighs> so I had a decision to make. Um, and it was to either turn around and lose all that money that I put in and um, on all this work I'd put in and um, to try and prove the haters wrong as well that I could go and do this but I actually chose um, I chose to, to, to live I chose to survive and which was a really big thing for me because I suffer with anxiety and depression and for me it was brilliant so it enabled me to I rebuilt myself I chose to survive I went back down and I went home wow. um, uh, which was an, an incredible achievement anyway to, to summit the North Pole and get to camp one. Yeah, that is that is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, well, I honestly like making that decision at that point as well. To be, like you say, you've sort of come that far, and you could have just sort of gone for it and pushed on. You said then that that was a 
you know, you chose to live. Was that a genuine life or death decision? That I, I think it was. Yeah, I could, if I pushed for summit, I I would have put my Sherpa in risk, and I doubt I, the hardest part about Everest what I was realised is actually getting back down. Like walking downhill in crampons and in minus 30 degrees and, and you're exhausted you're absolutely exhausted it's it's probably the, the hardest test i mean and and the funny thing about it all oh, to show vulnerability and to show weakness was actually the the biggest strength in it all yeah. like mentally in the end of it what was it what was it about everest and about being in nepal and seeing that mountain and being in that valley that that grabbed you what what was that like and and secondly yeah, is is it because of that? Do you feel you've got slightly unfinished business? And and you spoke then about you know mental health, and obviously you're working with Calm, who are in a, a fantastic charity. So, talk us through what you're doing and what your plans are. I, I did the last time I did it was the north side, and since COVID, they shut the mountain down, so I can't go back there unfortunately. But like you said, uh, Tim, it is basically I do feel like I do have unfinished business. Um, I thought I would have been all right with it. But I'm not. I want. I really want to do it. I really do want to summit. And the amazing thing about it now, especially since the TV show, I have this platform to do it with, so I can really raise awareness for mental health. So it gives me even more of a desire to do it. So we'll be doing the south side um, in Nepal, which it will be incredible. Um, but I'm also going to do the highest ever dinner party. Yes. Um, oh my god. The record god. at the moment is ten thousand feet. What's on, what's on the menu? Come on, what's on um, it? What's on the menu? What you got? <laughs> Ice. So, I'm actually going to do. I'm going to do uh, a lamb, like a lamb succotash, um, and I'm going to do a miso soup, and then what? a chocolate mousse. Why? Why? But why not just get? Be... Why not just get like it's the highest dinner party? Why? Why not just go? I'm just going to do some cucumber sandwiches, guys. I mean, I'm or eight thousand meters up in the air. Noodles. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm going to do this fancy lamb thing and some miso thing. Come on, keep yeah. it simple. It's, uh, to be honest, it is quite simple. It'll all be done uh, in like a sous vide. It'll be done in a water bath for advanced base camp. And then I'll just carry it all up in a backpack bag. And then I'll just reheat it at the table. But you have to have a free course meal. Otherwise, I won't get the Guinness, the Guinness uh, World Record. So you have to have wine glasses. You have to have a tablecloth. Everyone has to wear a suit and tie. Uh, there has to be glasses on the table. So that's the hardest thing about it. That actually has to be. So we've got to bring 20 glasses across the Kumbu Archbowl. Oh. And we only need six to survive. You've all got to wear suit and tie? you got to wear, you got to wear <laughs> a suit and tie, yeah. Um, who, are you, who are the diners? Yeah. Surely they're there. That's the hottest tickets so, in town, right? Surely. In it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the, the problem is it's 8,000 metres, so you can't breathe. <laughs> Um, so oh, well, you could desirable. take Trump then. This could take Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just gonna hope that people will want to to dine. I don't have anyone on the list at the moment, but there'll be so many people there. I'm sure people will want to get involved. It's for a great cause, and yeah, I'm sure people will be super keen to get involved. Well, there might just be somebody listening to this podcast that fancies. Um, putting in a bit of cash for a very, very good cause and joining you on the journey to the top of the world. That would be truly remarkable. So reach out to Dave. His details are in the show notes. Reach out to Dave and let him know that you want to go and climb with him. When, it, um, when, yeah, when are you doing it? When are you doing it, Dave? I'm leaving on the 7th of April. Okay. Um, and then basically we'll probably, we'll go with, the summit will be around the 15th of May, uh, but the dinner party will be about 30th of April. That's the plan. So I'll obviously be waiting for a weather window um, around that sort of time. But 
So yeah, I'll be in, be in the pole on the 7th of April looking for really light chairs. <laughs> uh, really light table. <laughs> so Dave, can I ask as well, um, did, you, did you go to the Ukraine as well? Yeah, I went to, when I finished filming Below Deck, um, I was quite broken by the whole situation. Um, so I really wanted to give back and experience something like uh, on another level. So I went to, went to Ukraine. I was on the Polish border just by Kiev. Um, that's where the huge kitchen was. We're doing um, 10,000 meals a day. Oh, wow. Um, it was uh, an amazing experience. Yeah, it was a huge operation. Honestly, there was like 15 seven-foot-tall ovens. We'd have these huge paella pans that we could do 1,500 meals in. I met some amazing chefs. Um, and uh, I did like three weeks the first time, and then I did another two weeks. No and way. the second time I went back, um, I actually went into Kiev and Lviv. And what people don't know, there's multiple bomb strikes all the time. I spent nine hours in a bomb shelter on one of, one of the turns I was in, in Lviv. And basically what happens is the cruise missiles are getting fired across the equipment that Ukraine has been given from America. They, they basically automatically shoot them down. But it's a mental thing to experience because everyone's just in the street like nothing's happening. And all of a sudden this alarm goes off and everyone just vanishes. And then the alarm goes back on, say, three hours later. And then all of a sudden, it's just kids playing in the water fountains by an opera house. Like, nothing's happening. Wow. Really, really inspiring. Like, to people, just to see, see how they're just getting on with, with life like it's normal to them right now. It's, uh, it was, a, again, an amazing thing to experience. Wow. Did that really put other things in perspective for you for, for how, like you said, you, you'd never experienced this kind of huge social media response to below deck and all the sorts of you know mostly positives that you were getting but some of these crazy negative things did that all just kind of fall by the wayside when you went went to ukraine it just made you go just doesn't matter just actually doesn't hit me half as hard absolutely did because when i did my first stint there no one the show wasn't released and no one knew who i was so that was actually amazing that was the best thing about it the second time I went, people didn't know who I was. At the end of the day, I found, them, I found it so funny. Some of the comments that people were saying was just... Like I said, I, I, I was told not to say anything back, but I, I, like, I, just, put, I just put a smiley face emoji <laughs> just back at them. And I was like, that would, probably, that would really irritate them. <laughs> show of vulnerability on a TV show. The people calling me weak and I should be ashamed to be a man. And, and these are the people that are out there. And that's why there is so much struggle with mental health, because... For someone to show vulnerability, apparently it's a weakness. It's an absolute joke. It's a massive strength. And that's why I'm glad that I did have like that breakdown there and it is, was captured because I had a lot of positive messages that it also helped a lot of people. Yeah, yeah good for so you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, well absolutely. done, man. It's a hard, it's hard thing to do. I just can't believe people have that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah. It's so backward, isn't it? What not? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Like, yeah. I don't, one, one of the things yeah. that just sort of struck me was, you know, chatting to you, is that you, you've said quite a few times actually about giving something back. And I wonder, I, where's that come from? And, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way at all, but like it, it kind of almost sounds like you feel like you owe something to, to people or to someone. Yeah. Like, why do you feel that? Because the stuff you're doing is amazing. And it's only the last year that it's kind of really exploding. Like you say, you've got this platform. But you've been doing it way before that. So what's the driver for that? I think, I, I really, to be honest, like I said before, I have a lot of low days. Um, anyway, and it makes me feel good. 
So in a way, it is, a, it's a, it is kind of selfish because it really makes me feel good about myself. Um, but also growing up, you know, I used to, I was a big troublemaker. I used to fight a lot. I was a bit of a nightmare. And um, I don't know, I think I just, I feel like I have something to prove. Uh, I want to show people that it is possible to change. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, you do have always have a second chance. Um, so I think taking kind of what I'm doing by the horns is really shows people that there there is a possibility to achieve and and do anything if you just put your mind to it. Yeah. You know? So I think that's I think that's the best way to describe nice. it. Oh, that's nice. really good. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, you'd be. Hey, just I'm um, just thinking. Oh, I know we're probably running out of time, actually, aren't we? We haven't got, even got on the chairlift yet. But you've just, <laughs> you've just, um, you've just, um, you've just been in Breckenridge. Yeah, I just went uh, to Breckenridge. Like it was a year ago today. I actually broke my back. My parachute didn't open. Skydiving. Whoa! Uh, so went, hang on. Uh, hang on. R- wind it back. Hang on. Wind it back. Skin. Let's talk about. <laughs> sorry to bring. bring I, I don't really like bringing up past accidents, but your parachute didn't open. What? What were you doing? Base jumping or out of a plane? I was just. I was just skydiving. It, it, I had a malfunction and I was so blasé. I've got this all black canopy, and I didn't want to cut it away. I didn't want to lose it. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to sort yeah. it out and being able to make it able to fly again. Before you know it, I'm at like 700 feet. I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking so low. Um, so I cut away and pulled my reserve. It was too late. Yeah. So I, I was under canopy, but I could have gone into a swamp with alligators. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 hit, I hit a tree. Oh. <laughs> um, hey, this is like some nightmare. Guess. It's like, I've jumped out of a plane. My parachute's failed. I can land there. There's alligators. Or I could break my back. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which one should I go for? Dave, come on, come on, what are you doing? Oh my god, I'm stressed. I'm stressed the thinking funny thing about, about it. Is, you obviously know I've had a lot of back pain, and uh, I had a surgery in Miami. Uh, it actually cost two hundred eighty thousand. Oh my god! But luckily, oh my um, god, I had. I was on a yacht. I was on a yacht, and somehow it was covered by insurance. I don't know how it was. <laughs> Um, I was oh my goodness! I think. Jesus! Honestly, the bill. My mum called me up. My mum called me up. She's like, "Dave, there's a bill here for two hundred eighty thousand dollars." <laughs> they did this surgery and they went through my front and my back, uh, and they fused my spine. And I had these four huge screws on my lower vertebrae. And you will not believe it now. My back is the strongest it's ever been. I have no back pain. I had no sciatica. Um, I'm the strongest Stoke. I've ever been. Amazing. So, is that what you were going to Breckenridge to do? To like test, to just test it out? Or what, what was the crack? I wanted to go at just, uh, I've been super busy lately and I wanted just to get some mountain air. I miss it so much. And uh, a friend, Joe Harkus, recently just committed suicide and I couldn't fly back to France. It just cost too much money. So I wanted to go there for that reason. The annoying thing about it was I had to use rental gear, and it was awful. Uh, it was so bad. It was so, it was so uncomfortable. And I skied dead centre binding, so the bindings were a little bit too far back. So I was skiing like a, a bike punter. It was <laughs> difficult. So, so, so I only did like four runs anyway. And then I, and then I watched the England game and I got drunk yeah. and Hey. Um, over there but it was amazing it was amazing just to be there as um uh, be in the mountains again and I, I, I do really miss it actually 
Um, but I didn't even hit the park. I didn't even really? Hit the park didn't get, get I was, any sweet air? I was, I was, Dredge the trick bag. I didn't get any sweet air. I was, <laughs> exactly, I was petrified of these, uh, these skis. Yeah. I was literally <laughs> so far back. I did a season in Breckenridge, actually, and uh, it's a, you're right. It's a beautiful part of the world. You did a season. I did a, did a season in Breckenridge. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did randomly. I did seven seasons around the corner in Vale as well. So I, I love Colorado. It's like one of my favourite places in the world. But here's a random fact for you, which I found out today: Glencoe in Scotland, from the very top, when you can ski from the very top all the way down right to the car park, has a bigger elevation than Breckenridge. No. How cool is that? What? Yeah. No Glencoe, way. Scotland has a bigger yeah. elevation top to bottom than Breckenridge, Colorado. How cool is that? That's that amazing. Cool. I love well, that. Yeah, but like three days that. a year That's or incredible. something like that. Three days a year. And also, yeah, it's worth noting, <laughs> uh, Glencoe currently closed. There's no snow over in the west of Scotland. But the east over here, Cairngorms, is going off. Amazing today. Hey, should we go to the chairlift before it closes? I think we need... Yeah, we've been chin-wagging. Let's go. The chairlift. It's a mystery how they work. Sure, an engineer could probably explain the carefully calculated sums that go into cable and grip manufacturer or lifts and the angle and stuff that the lift bit goes, weight distribution, blah, blah, whatever, you nerd. But what we all know is that they're actually fueled by magic. The magic of the conversation that happens when you're on one. I mean, have you ever seen one work in the summer? Exactly. Okay, what Ollie is trying to say is that they are the best place (laughs) to share stories. So with that in mind, Dave, come on, tell us a story from the mountains. During COVID, it's with uh, Neil McNair, and it's actually my my best line, I think. My best line I've ever done, and the most scary. During COVID, so we had to ski tour to the top of, of the mountain, and then we had to boot pack up to the top of Swedish. Wags was a machine. He, he got there. I think he had to wait for me for about half an hour. But there was so much snow and the boot pack was horrific. Where's this again, sorry? Just just remind me. So this, is, this is in Teen. Um, right. So we set off from, from Valclare and then walked up the T-Show. And then uh, we basically almost get to the height of uh, Gratelou. Uh, but then you take a hard left and you walk up this super steep, narrow core. It's so narrow. It's about a metre wide. Maybe a little bit bigger, but about, about a metre. It's super narrow. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not for that sort of couloir. It's long, too, you know. It was, um, it was probably, it's probably about a good 80 metres in length. I would say with, it opens up at the bottom. But it's, for that narrowness, it's, it's, it's narrow. I was like, right, I'm not going to turn. I'm just going to go straight. <laughs> um, so... And I was tired too. I was tired, uh, and that's exactly what I did. I went straight, and I was flying. Oh <laughs> so I was my like, goodness. "Do not fall. If you fall, it's, it's over. It's over." And uh, Wags can believe it. It was just like, "No way." He went straight. <laughs> I came out of the end, and I was like, "Woo!" I was so pumped. It's the, the, the it's the best feeling. It's the best feeling on, on in the world. Um, and then obviously I had the um, I obviously went and watched Wags come down afterwards. But, yeah, we were so pumped afterwards and when I had a drink drink after the line. And, uh, yeah, it's probably one of the best feelings I bet I've you, But well, you were glad you weren't on the, the um, rental skis at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I actually had uh, Armada um, skis on 115 under full rocker. So they were, they were like both. Oh, yeah, um, so it was kind of cheating. But, um, but yeah, I just... I just it was it was brilliant. As a man that skydives, I was going to say that 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 is probably well none of us know, but you could tell us 
is that what it's like? That is like flying, just absolutely straight line in a cool while like that. It is. There's no. There's honestly. It's it's the best feeling. I think the closest thing to it is skydiving or going like 180 miles on an R1 on an R1 superbike. They're like they're all kind of in a similar bracket, but riding off piste is by far the best feeling. Yeah. All this stuff that you do, and you just like you just seem to just be quite sort of gun ho with it, and you're like, yeah, whatever, just gonna kind of go for it. This is actually a question for all of you, probably. How do you sort of manage the fear? How do you deal with that because that's the thing that i really struggle i that like it would like the idea of base jumping really appeals to me i'd love to fucking do it but I, there's no way i'd ever do it i'm too scared i just I, how do you how do you manage it how do you deal with it i think i think it's you know because you know how it's going to feel you you believe in your head that you're going to achieve right if you don't feel that you're going to achieve then what's the point in even being alive you have to believe in yourself in that perspective so just, I would say to myself, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I'd be like, just think of how it's going to feel when you succeed. And that's the drug, and it is a drug to feel like that. I think that's the best way for me to, to describe it. And I don't want to fail. <laughs> I think yeah. we've no established that. That's the thing. You fail, you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a good description, actually. I Yeah, I... I would agree yeah, very much. You've got to believe. You just you, there's something in there that just knows. No, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do this. But but obviously, Ollie, that little thing maybe isn't in your ear hole doing that. I don't know. I don't think it is because like <laughs> I've, I've I've you know I think it like when you're sort of like mid flight in a jump, like I, I'm thinking about the biggest jump I've ever done is is probably like a. a tenth of what you've done and i know that i've been in the middle of the air going fuck what am i doing up here <laughs> like you know and like shitting my pants and you just kind of like fall over so like I, but you must i don't know like there must be a sort of a frame of mind where you're so sort of focused on what you're doing or or like the end you were saying dave like the the result that you're just like yeah i could just i can just do it i just deal with it yeah yeah it's an, an inner belief right um and like like we said, it's such a it's such a high, it's such an amazing feeling. Um, yeah, like there's nothing there's nothing that beats it. Although having seen Tim do some mad stuff, I know that absolutely no thought goes into that whatsoever. He just goes for it, whatever, just doesn't care. It's certainly <laughs> certainly at the minute the, as old as and as old and daddish and weak as I am, um, my brain is definitely going. Oh, no, you no, are no. too old to be doing that. You <laughs> stop that. But your, heart, but your heart's going. You've still got it, young dude. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, then we're at the top. Let's get strapped in. Now, this is the part of the podcast where we like to soundtrack our run to the bottom. It's called Making Tracks. Dave, so this is the track. The first track we want from you yes, is definitely. the track from top to bottom. The, the soundtrack to your perfect part, but it's got to encapsulate powder, speed, and obviously from yourself, a few tricks. So what are you going for? I'm going to go for Metallica at this ride. just a non-stop rhythm it's like the beat it's just so much energy to it and if there's ever an avalanche behind you you won't be able to hear it <laughs> I grew up with a lot of Metallica songs courtesy of the old standard movies the old TV movies from back in the day incredible yeah. 
Oh, they're just touring, aren't they? They just re- released a new album. New album they out really? and they're back on tour, yeah. Oh, mate. And they're back on tour, yeah. In the States, are you going to go? I don't, I think they're, I think it's um, in Europe. Oh, I European tour. No way. I'm not sure. sure it Dave's is. on boat money, sure so he could go tour. whether it was in Europe, Japan, America. It's fine. He's on boat <laughs> money. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be all right. Tax free. <laughs> Right then, the second track. Go straight into the Apre bar now. We're walking in. It is a, let's call it a Wednesday afternoon. We've come down a little bit early. Do you know why? Because we've had such a radical day of powder that we're all a bit burned out and it's all tracked out now. So let's go to the bar. Let's have a drink in the afternoon and sit in the sun. What song are we listening to? Ellen John, Rocket Man. Stop it, yes! She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Actually, Elton John is fast becoming my son's favourite artist. No, He's got a book, it's called Little, oh, really? Little People, Big Dreams, yeah. And um, it's, about, it's a story about how Elton, from the little boy, um, becomes Elton John and, you know, plays the piano, everything he goes through. And all of his songs are just so good, but this is particularly good. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time touchdown brings me round again. Everyone can sing. Be a long, long time. Oh, don't give Tim the opportunity. Don't give Tim the opportunity to sing because he will. I, no, please, I can't don't. sing. I cannot sing. Incidentally, um, Elton John playing his final ever UK show at Glastonbury next summer. Um, he's doing the legend slot on the Sunday oh, wow. afternoon. Okay, so Apre done and dusted. We've left Jenny in the bar lying down in the um, booze-ridden <laughs> corner. Ollie's got on the wrong bus home, and uh, me and yeah. you walking in. Uh, we're all slightly drunk at this point. Um, we, we're gonna, it's, a, it's snowing. It's going to be powder tomorrow. Final song for when we get in. Take our boots off and chill out. What song are we going for? going to go Sam Fender, 17, going under. Love it. I remember... <laughs> Too early, Tim. I remember. I remember sickness was forever. I remember snowbirds. <laughs> you would have been out of famous first words Love for it. that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? These lyrics were happening in my headphones. It was a delay. This is quite a new track, Dave. Yeah, it is. It's new. I, you know what? I, I really love his music because he really. Um, Thought quite deeply to, about mental health as well on a lot of his songs. Um, you can really touch base of it. Yeah. That's why I love it. You can find the Making Tracks playlist on Spotify, so have a look for it there if you really fancy listening to some of those tracks. Yeah. It's good, actually. We've got a real diverse collection now from all the guests. Can we just say, Dave, from all of us, but I'm sure they'll say it as well, thank you so much for chatting with us. It has been so interesting, amazing to hear where you're at now, everything that you've gone through, everything that's probably still to come. Um, Thanks again so much for your time. It's been wicked. 
Yeah. Cheers, Dave. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Woo! I'm giving you a cheer even though I've got a sore throat. Thank you so Woo! Much. Truly are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous Dave. Dave. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Dave is one of those humans that, that you really want to like you. You know, he's got that, he's like one of those dudes that you just, everything that was coming out of my mouth, my brain was going, he's not going to like that. He's not going to like what you're saying. <laughs> Jenny, did you know him from teen already then? You must have known him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'd known him from there, but not his very first early days and things, but I just, everyone was like, it's dangerous Dave. And I was like, but is he actually dangerous? And then... Yeah, he really is. <laughs> I was like, but I bet you, honestly, there's so many stories that he won't have told about, you know, out on when he's been out on the town as well, apres and things. Oh, we'll have to try and get Wait. some of those out of him another time. I, I'm actually, I'm, Dave didn't, I didn't say to Dave how much of a fan I was of his. Like, I, oh, I'm you such to- a, I Mate, you didn't have to say it, it came across, it came across. Oh. You were like, Dave, oh, Dave, <laughs> tell me about your boats, <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave. Mate, honestly, oh, I, could I, tell, you, I had a man crush, but your man crush on him was five times worse than mine. But that's because Ollie's been following fan. him on the every wait, wait, every wait, 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 one, wait. haven't you? I yeah, listen, listen, listen. I, I, the, the, the below deck addiction that I have was born by my partner. It was her fault, right? She said to me, she watched when she when she first gave birth when she was breastfeeding at like fucking three a.m. or whatever. She was watching Below Deck. She was like, "You got to watch this show. You'll love this show. You'll love this show. You got to watch this show." I was like, "Shut up! I'm not watching that. It's reality TV." Anyway, one night, sat down, watched it. Disaster. Back to back. <laughs> below decks, never ending. I was like, where's more Below Deck? Where's more Below Deck? I pay a subscription to watch Below Deck. I'm not even joking. Oh, my God. That's not a joke. You are going to have in your Christmas stocking a Below Deck (laughs) shirt, aren't you? It's going to be there. Below Deck shirt. Do you know what I want? Do you know what I want? I want want a cardboard cutout of Captain Sandy. That's what I want. You don't even know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. I want one of her. Do you? I know which one that is, yeah. Cardboard cutout of, of, of Captain Sandy would do me fine. So I'm a massive fan of Dave, and he was like... He, 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 that was the thing, wasn't it? He just seemed so sort of um, level-headed with the amount of fame that came off the back of that. That is a massive show. Like, it's got something like 15 million viewers or something worldwide. You know, it's a lot of people. So it must have been mad. I really like him. He's a lovely guy. Hey, that's enough. Leave it for this week now. The fire's dying. Come on, it's time we turned in for the night. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, give the podcast a follow, a subscribe, a share. Let everybody know about the Apre far and wide. Give us a follow over on Instagram. We are at the Apre Pod, or you can drop us an email, the Pod at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to treat us to a coffee, coffee. a poofy, a virtual donation can be made over ko-fi.com forward slash the apre pod uh, link in the show notes to that we use the last set of wedge to pay for the new logo with jenny included yeah and it looks really great courtesy of mr gordo we're going to be back in 2023 so have a brilliant christmas and a fantastic new year and we will see you next year see you guys bye, bye. You too. bye. she's waving